So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay? Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance. Okay. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing season six, episode seven of Happily Ever After. In this episode, Julia gets a non-green card, Natalie laughs her way through Thanksgiving dinner, Kalani and Asuelu have a change of heart following a fairly scary experience. Angela finally gets told no about something. Jovi leads for his way to work. Ronald isn't taking this visa interview seriously at all. And blows and drinks are thrown by family Libby. A reminder, our other channel, Love After Lockup MK, will be starting new episodes once Love After Lockup starts on June 18th. And we'll be back here next Monday following next week's episode. Okay, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. Happy reading week-ish. Couple weeks? Almost. Yeah, what, what, I'm reading 17 days. I have 17 days without oh, a break gosh. because I'm a dummy in our two break days that we have in between um, in reading. I'm just going to go to school and work there instead. <laughs> That sounds terrible. It I can does sound terrible. Yeah, I can actually start to empathize a little bit more with the um the people who have been working from home with kids running around. And granted, your kids are occupied like my students. They were all watching a movie, but I'm in the back of the classroom taking meetings. So. Okay, most people don't have that many kids, though. <laughs> well, they're pretty quiet. Give them a device and movies. And yeah, that's about right, right, They remain right. pretty quiet through the day. All right, so uh, let's get started. Um, let's get started with Yara and Jovi. So Jovi is leaving for work that day, but there's a storm coming in. And Jovi thinks it would be for the best if Yara and Mila stay with Gwen, his mom, since Yara has never dealt with a storm before. Jovi is worried about how Yara will handle the storm. Yara feels helpless having to depend on other people. But she is the most worried about leaving her $500 hair dryer in her luggage in the bed of a truck. And she doesn't want to leave it out in the elements, Yara says she will spend Jovi's money while he is away to make herself feel better. Gwen says she empathizes with Yara because she was raising kids on her own for a while, too. And Yara argues that her family was a lot closer than Ukraine. Gwen says that she will help out as much as she can, but she understands it will be a balance since she wants to show she's there for Yara, but not overstep any boundaries. Jovi is a little nervous that Mila might not remember who he is. They have a very tearful goodbye at the airport as Yara feels sorry for herself. Okay, why do you think that Gwen and Yara, like, they both say at some point, you know, like, they don't really know each other. But they just spent, like, months hanging out with each other, like, the I know, same we situation. Had that, we had that whole baby montage where yeah. she was pregnant and in the house and they had, like, all the all the social media pictures they posted or whatever or made for the thing where they were – they she literally lived there for, like – Four months yeah, or something. Yeah, while Jovi was working and couldn't get back to the country. And so, but they kind of just, you know, they both of them had mentioned it, Yara and Gwen. Like, I don't really know her. Like, oh, I don't yeah, want to, like, like I, overstep. It's like. I feel like you do know her. And I get the overstepping I get because the whole, now that she has a baby, it's a different, it's a different paradigm. But, like, yeah, I don't feel like 
I don't know anything about this girl. Like, she lived with you. Yeah. I feel like you do know nothing about this lady. Yeah, they were hanging out, you know, like on those little boat trips on the bayou. Yeah. Hanging out. So. Searching for gators. I, I, I was a little bit confused about that. I mean, there's a lot of things that I was, not, I was concerned about. But one thing I did notice is that's why you don't have a pickup if you don't need a pickup truck. to have things out in the elements it was sunny like and i get that they were concerned that it was going to rain at some point and she was scared of her hair dryer getting wet in the luggage and you know getting ruined but i don't know because it was going to be the whole the whole trip it just yeah i I always see that people with gigantic and i mean gigantic like fifty thousand dollar trucks that have like less room than my small ass sedan because there's this huge bed that they never use that's like why it's so big and like the usable space is so little like i get if you actually need a pickup truck and to be honest i i actually used to drive a pickup truck and it was small on the inside but it was like a small um chevy s10 and it was like so i don't get gigundo pickup trucks i get having to have pickup having a pickup truck but the Gigundo ones just, uh, I, don't, I, I don't get that it. And they're it was, all huge. I thought it was a good size on the inside because, I mean, it was enough for them to have a baby seat in the back. Yeah, so that that is true. But it's it, so they do. And that, that's part of the reason I think that they're getting so big mm-hmm. is like in order to have that bed, to have the you know, decent sized bed and basically the size of a mid-sized sedan in the front, the whole thing has to be huge. Extra long, sure extra long and for some reason extra tall i don't get the extra tall part that's the part that's the part that always that always throws me off and it's like why is it why do i have to reach five feet in the air to pick something in it's so you can have truck balls and people can see them oh yeah of course yes oh you mean the truck nuts truck nuts you mean truck nuts (laughs) is that what they call them i don't know we don't have them here i've i've heard people talk about them Mostly from Texas, I want to say. Oh no, I've de- I've I've definitely seen. I'm not sure if I see them more here or when I when I do go down south, like the Carolinas and stuff. But I've 100% seen truck nuts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's. But I mean, she's throwing her $500 hair. I don't even know if that she was like it's the most expensive hair dryer in it's the world. It's a Dyson, like, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm feel like it's a good. It's a that's that's a decent amount for a hair dryer, but I don't feel like it's like an absurd amount for a hair dryer. Is it? Yes. I, I don't even, I, don't, I think you can get air dryers for like 20 bucks. I mean, not very good ones. Right. But it's also, yeah, the same thing. But I can go get, uh, I can get a toaster for 20 bucks too. But I, I wouldn't sure. be surprised if somebody said they had a $500 toaster. I'd be like, I wouldn't spend that on a toaster. But I would say yeah. like, it wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, that seems. I think the difference though, is that if you bought a $500 toaster, you would expect it to do something more than just toast. Right. What mm, else is your maybe. hair dryer going to do other than blow hot air and dry things? Blow up air mattresses. Um. I don't think that. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think it's good. I doubt her five hundred dollar <laughs> hair dryer is also doubling as an air pump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really right, doubt but that. But yeah, I'm curious about like I'm also curious because having somebody who does not use a hair dryer, right? Mm-hmm. Even when my hair was a little bit longer and my hair's never been that long. I was like, oh, man, my hair takes forever to dry. Maybe I'll try a hair dryer. And it just got so giant. 
just puffy out dry. I was like, this was a terrible idea. I'm never using hair dryer again. Yeah. So I don't like, I don't get, uh, is there like, wow, this hair dryer is really nice because it, does it dry your hair faster? Yes and does no. It, like, so, just do less damage to your hair? What's it do? So the Dyson is supposed to be like the very high end because um, it does supposed to dry your hair a lot faster. And it also um, like doesn't have damage, like the heat damage that you get with just your standard, I'm going to blow hot air at your head yes. for 20 right. bucks. It's basically... Yeah, like hot, hot. Yeah, stick yeah, your stick gonna... your head under the hand dryer in a public restroom, and there you got your twenty dollar yeah. hair dryer. Hope, hope for the best. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, all right, I mean it was pretty short. Anything else with them? No, nope, nothing else. All right, so let's go on to the, another short one. A lot of short ones this week, right? Yeah, that's because we had some explosive ones. There was some explosive ones, but I feel like they they felt like they had to get through like everybody, so they yeah. went, they kind of went short. So. Let's start with Brandon and Julia. So in an even, in one of those famous evening porch conversations they have, Julia opens a parcel that she got from USCIS. She opens it and screams when she sees what we misleadingly thought was going to be her green card, but it was actually her employment authorization card. I guess that it's not a green card, but it lets her get a job. Um, and Julia is really happy to have the card, even though she clearly isn't exactly sure what card it is. <laughs> So in order to celebrate this, uh, Betty and Ron want to have want want them to say, "Well, now, for some reason, let's have a real wedding, like with people and stuff." Because that other wedding was disappointing. But Brandon and Julia don't really seem that into it, and Julia seems to think it's just a ruse to keep them on the farm. They end up, you know, talking back and forth with Betty and Ron and bargaining down to a toast at Ron's seventieth birthday party. Um, about how they got married is what they bargained down to. <laughs> so my question is, okay, but I'm I'm a little confused about this because last season when Julia was agreeing to do all this wedding stuff and was like, fine, I guess we have to do that. Weren't they like making promises that we'll have a better wedding later and like all that stuff? And now just she just seems totally not into it. What changed? Right. Um. Yeah, I would think that she would be more excited about it because isn't she trying to also build up her portfolio or something for wedding planning? So it seems like this would be the perfect opportunity for that. So uh, the only thing that I could possibly think of is, you know, how she's saying, oh, it might be a ploy for them to stay on the farm because if they're spending their money on this wedding, then... You know, that dips into the savings. And then for what? Because let's remember that Brandon hated every part of the last wedding. And could you imagine dealing with, like, Mr. Sulky the entire time for this new wedding? Flowers. I don't care about flowers like a woman. I just don't like to do this kind of thing. Like, it's just not me. It's like, oh, my gosh. And like having to deal with that brattiness the entire second time, like I would also be like, no, it was painful enough the first time. Right. I mean, my my working theory is a little bit like, okay, well, first of all, like I think Julia was more right. I'm not totally against Julia's conspiracy theory of it's really to keep him on the farm. (laughs) But it wasn't because they would be too distracted to know they wanted off the farm or whatever her theory was. And more like you said, the money. They're spending money on a wedding. They're not spending money on an apartment. Sure. So that made more sense. But I do – my working theory for weddings is that everybody likes their wedding. Not everybody. By and large, people like the wedding they ended up having, right? Yeah. 
And I could see her going before the wedding, seeing like, you know, oh, I wanted all this other stuff. And at the end of the day, after you got married, that was your wedding. Right. Like, that was your wedding. And it's sentimental and you're not trying to replace that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so you're like, but that it was it was our wedding and that's the wedding we had and that was us. And so why would yeah, why would I want to replace that? The other thing is that she does want to have a second wedding. She just doesn't yes. want to have it here. So she said she wanted to have it in Russia. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that also makes sense. So why are you going to waste your money like uh, on a wedding here when you should be saving up for your wedding in Russia? Plus, honestly, from Julia's perspective, why on earth would she want to have a second wedding with a bunch of people that she doesn't know? And Brandon's not super enthused about having a wedding ever. So, I mean, neither of them are going to be on board with The only ones who are upset are, are, are Betty and Ron who feel like they messed out on their party. Yeah. Right? And And so... Because and they don't want it. They don't want to have a good Russian party and be like, "Why do the people in Russia get the good party and we got the stupid quarantine rush thing?" That's no good. Yeah. Because and they they definitely are strike me as the kind of parents that. And I think we've both been to weddings where like that. It was like, was the person getting married or were their parents getting married? Oh yeah. It seemed like this wedding was all their friends. Yeah, all their parents' friends. It's all their parents' music, like everything, like parents, 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 and it's like. Who was getting married here? I'm confused. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Uh, Speaking of parents, uh, let's talk Mike and Natalie. So Natalie is using the wood, the firewood, to exercise as Mike and his mom are stacking the firewood. She is on edge because she feels like Trish is attacking her goals. While the three of them are stacking wood, there are uncomfortable digs at Natalie uh, as Natalie asks her, Who helps her stack the wood usually? And Trish says, now Natalie can stack wood back home. And Natalie asks if that's Trish's new career plan for her after interpreter. Back at the house, they're cooking Thanksgiving dinner and Trish has a bag of parsnips for Natalie's Ukrainian dish. And Natalie refuses to use it, demanding to know where the parsley is. The whole exchange is just really uncomfortable as Natalie says she doesn't know what parsnips are and doesn't know how to cook it. Trish thinks that Natalie doesn't understand everything, like, English-wise, and can get really fired up. Natalie is making borscht, and Mike comes into the kitchen to touch her lady bits, and Natalie chases him out, telling him not to touch her pussy because it's dirty and inappropriate. I thought it was tits. Oh, that makes more sense. (laughs) Whatever it was was definitely bleeped out, and I was just like, what are they saying? Okay, that okay. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, I almost wish they would just like at least give us one letter so we don't assume so we don't assume the worst because I did I assumed the worst. Yeah, and I was like, this is disgusting. Why are you saying this in front of his mom? Anyways, and tit, tits is grabbing my tits is still pretty bad in front of his mom. It's just not as bad. Yes, no, definitely not. Okay, so later Mike comes back in the kitchen and Natalie demands to know why Trish just called her a hooker. Mike denies that that happened, even though he wasn't even there, and believes that it had to have been some kind of misunderstanding, and it's probably not a big deal. Natalie doesn't want to confront Trish because it's a celebration. There are more awkward, intense moments between Natalie and Trish before the dinner and during the dinner. And then Trish then thinks now is the right time to ask Natalie about kids, pointing out that Natalie is getting old, so she better start soon. 
Ron, Trish's roommate, observes there's a lot of tension and a lot of pent-up energy, and he thinks it's from Natalie. And Natalie just awkwardly and uncontrollably laughs for no reason. Psycho psycho laugh. Oh, it God. was crazy. It was, yeah. <laughs> so this is like, uh, this whole segment with them was just so awkward and uncomfortable. So but it was pretty clear that it was coming from both sides. Are you sure. team Trish or team Natalie after just this episode? Hmm. Um. Oh man, they both really suck. Um. I I couldn't. I I don't know that I could defend either one of them. Mm-hmm. Like I I I I could try and pick a team. Um. I I, I feel like. Trish was on marginally better behavior this week. Um, but I feel like whatever choice I made, somebody could easily talk me out of oh, it. Oh, sure. Like, well, the thing with Trish, and I wonder a little bit if this is what, you know, we've heard other foreign fiancés say on the show, is that Americans are too polite. And so Trish is one of those mm. people that is being nice to Natalie's face, kind of. But there is a lot right. of underhanded like insults in there, like saying that she's old, you know, but the way she says it is like, oh, like super nice. I just want to have babies in the world, you know, like stuff like that, Uh where I definitely feel like there's, it's a lot more underhanded. Whereas Natalie, she cannot try to hide her feelings at all. And if she does, it comes out as that weird psycho laugh. The weird psych, if she hides it. Yes. Yes. Her hiding is as best as the the weird weird psycho psycho laugh. laugh. That's as good as you're going to get with her. Okay. The, the the part I was confused about was the part where she was like, why your mother call me whore? Yeah. Like, did she? Well, like, why, why she call me hooker? Thing, you don't know. Why she call me hooker? You have no idea. I don't idea. know. I don't know what happened because um, I could definitely, I don't know. There's a lot of things I could see that Natalie, because we also see that Natalie's command of English isn't as great as it is. I know. Is, and Trish wants like her to be an interpreter. This seems like a right. terrible idea. Right. So I could totally see her mishearing or misunderstanding or not quite getting an analogy of something that that Trish was making and thinking like, you're calling me a hooker. You know, it's like. So here is what I kind of think is the biggest issue with, you know, their situation right now is Natalie Uh feels slighted by Trish and all she wants is to feel like Mike is on her side. Yes. Because especially because she thinks that Trish is actively trying to get rid of Natalie. So Natalie really needs to feel like, okay, if your mom doesn't like me, fine. But I need to know that you're my man and you're here to stick up for me. Mike goes in there, just assumes that his mom is correct. I mean, like, quite honestly, the way Mike should have handled it, he should have said, well, one, because this is my question. Did she say that word specifically? Because Natalie, you know, she's been known to like, if I were to describe something, she'd be like, oh, you mean I'm a hooker, you know, or something like that. And so your mom called me a hooker when she didn't. She might have said all the things that led you up to hooker, but without actually saying it. So Mm -hmm. I would have asked, what did she say to you exactly in what context Try to get the story from her. And if we couldn't get the story from her, said, okay, well, let's clear this up. Let's bring Mama Trish in here and figure out what was said. And Mike be the mediator of that. Right. But the mediator in, in 
No, he didn't. And even if he did, I, I wouldn't trust him to do it anyway. I mean, he oh, yeah. do, no, he, he, no, he, he immediately just, takes his mom's side. She didn't say that. I know yeah. she didn't say that. She like, um, it's not a big deal. If she did, like, you know, she was just joking. Yeah. But he, and that's what I'm saying. He was just, she never said Trish was joking and used the word hooker. She said, your mom called me a hooker. She did. And then. he said she was just joking. Yes. Well, yes. And then later on in the interview, Natalie said, I don't know. She says these jokes to me, you know, so even I think she kind of admitted later that, you know, maybe it was a joke, but I don't understand her sense of humor. Or or did Mike convince her that it probably was a joke? Possibly. She didn't know that until Mike put that in her head that she was like, she was probably just joking with you. And, you know, you misunderstand all the jokes like he just he he, he's he's a weird way in that he wants he just wants there to be peace. Mm -hmm. But. The, the way he does it is, yeah, it really does that. Really undercuts everything Natalie takes yeah. it with it. Just like it's it, I mean, to the point where he's like, I do feel like he's, and I, you know, the phrase is overusing everything. He's gaslighting her to an extent. Yeah. Right. Because he, he is telling her the thing you witnessed or heard happen didn't happen. Yeah. I like, think. Why was your mom disrespectful to me? She wasn't. Yeah, I think part Uh, of the problem is that Mike is so laid back and, you know, he thinks of himself as being really laid back because he isn't as much as he thinks he is. But he thinks of himself as so laid back that his his point of view is if you have a problem, that's on you. You shouldn't get as upset about it. You know, and so that's what he's basically telling Natalie is like, you're upset about it. I'm not going to worry about it because that's on you. You're the one working yourself up to being upset. It's your problem. problem. You're the one who has a problem to deal with. I didn't have a problem with anything she said. She didn't have a problem with anything she said. Yeah. You're the one with the problem. So you're the one who has to deal with it. Right. Can we talk about how weird Ron was? (laughs) So Ron was the roommate and I'm suspicious. I'm putting roommate in heavy quotes, by the way. Exactly. (laughs) When you have two adult people that don't have to live with one another, it's suspicious because you would you would hope that when you're Trisha's age, that you would be in a financial place that you wouldn't have to have a roommate. But who knows? Sure. Maybe. Maybe they're in a financial situation where they're both helping each other out and maybe they both like the company. But then at the same time, it makes you wonder, are you just roommates? Yeah, I'm, I'm highly suspicious. of. I'm. She definitely seems like the kind of person that would be, you know, in a relationship with Ron. But it's like, but I don't want to upset Mike. So we'll just say we're roommates. You're my <laughs> roommate, Ron. And it's like, it just, I don't know. I was, I was very suspicious about roommate Ron. But- just like, like we're suspicious weird... of uh, neighbor Tanya and Bo. Oh, right, right. Mm, yeah. Um, but like he was just like – he came in and was like, oh, food. Excellent. Very nice. Nutritious as well. Like what, what, <laughs> what a weird person. Why are you talks like that? Oh, I found him to be kind of endearing and a breath of fresh air, especially after Trish. It's like, yes, let's take some notes from Ron. He was he was so much kinder. Yes, than to Trish. Natalie. Like, oh, this is right. really good. I've never tasted anything like this before. And you could tell, yes. like Natalie, you know, lights up. Those are the kind of compliments she wants to hear. Yeah, I mean, and they, they definitely highlight to me like the difference. And he was nice too between. And I've I've been stressing this as like in my observations of people, the difference between people who are nice and people who are kind. Mm-hmm. Right. 
and it's possibly to it's possible to be nice but not kind, right? To be yeah. like, oh, how are you doing? It's so great. Oh, I actually my tire needs changed. Okay, good luck with that. You know, like going <laughs> around. That's nice but not kind, right? Right. Whereas if you're kind but not nice, you might be like, what happened to your tire? Well, are you dumb? You've done it as you as the person changes your tire for sure. you, right? So I, 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 Trish is like you said with the you mentioned it with the politeness. I really mm. think she's trying to put on that nice facade. While she's doing very unkind things. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. Oh, there we go. Okay. Next up for me is Kalani and Asuelu. So we start with some off-camera news. Asuelu has gotten to a car accident. Uh, he uh, was going through a, a intersection and somebody ran a stop sign. He T-boned the other guy. And it totaled both of the cars. Kalani says it made her realize that she really loves him and doesn't want a divorce after all. He says that he has spurred... Um, it, it spurred him to want to spend some more quality time with the wife and kids. So they go mini golfing. At the mini golfing, he tells Kalani that they have he has planned a romantic getaway. Well, or he's going to plan a romantic getaway. Anyway, complete with a bubbly hot tub, which he really tries to sell the hot tub on. <laughs> Kalani says that she, since she's breastfeeding, she can't just go on a romantic getaway. She'll have to bring her mom and the kids with them too, but they can have romantic time while they're there. And eventually, Asuelu re- reluctantly agrees to that. Okay, so I feel like, okay, so Asuelu's trying to be more romantic. They like, talked about it in the basement. Mm. Like, is it possible, maybe you don't know this, to have a romantic weekend where your kids and mother come along? Uh, it depends on how separate they are. Like, if you never see them, then yes, possibly. Like, just sure. for, like, drop off of the breast milk. Yes. Um, uh, mm-hmm. That was, I don't know. It seemed like, I feel like a weekend, like, I, I even when, like, you know, my ex was breastfeeding, I feel like you, we, you, if you planned ahead with the breast milk situation, you could you could figure out a weekend. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <sighs> okay, let's kind of talk about if you think it's real that... Uh, Kalani like discovered her love for Swelu after thinking that he could die, and it's not that I don't think that she thinks that, but how valid are those feelings? Like, do you really think that means she really loves him, or that she just super fears that you know she could lose him? Because I don't necessarily think one is the other. Well, here's here's the problem. I mean, this is what I kind of think. Just because you don't want to be with somebody mm-hmm. doesn't mean you want them dead. Right. So that's a big difference there, right? Yes. And I do think, and I don't, I do think she legitimately does love Asuelu. Yeah. But I don't know that she can be with him. Yeah. And, and those, I, I don't think that, those are the same. Yeah, I agree. They're not the same. They're not the same. And so I think she's kind of getting those things mixed up because she would feel really bad and she would be very sad if he had died in that car accident. Oh, it yeah. It would be like, like, I know what she's looking for is like, I'm thinking about divorcing a guy and he died in a car accident. And I'm like, whoo, oh man, makes my decision easier. Like, nobody, like, <laughs> yeah, no if one you have that, that feeling, right? you're a psycho. Yeah, nobody thinks that. Right, right. right. They, it's, they, 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 you know, have a situation they want out of. That doesn't mean they want the person to be gone from I the know. earth. You know how people always say like, oh, my ex could just die. It's like, I have never said that. I've been like, can we just round them up and put them on like Loser Island or something? And like, yeah, just make them move yeah, away. So I never run into I don't, them again. I don't care. Sure. Like you can thrive just away from me where I would never have to talk, see or hear about you ever again. I would be happy with yes. that. Right. Exactly. So 
I mean, and and but I think she got that because it would be scary if if you mm-hmm. found out one of your exes was in a life threatening situation in a life you know thing that would be scary and you would feel bad. Yeah, right? and it would. But doesn't mean and, and you those, love them. It doesn't mean you love them. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it doesn't mean, and even if it means you love, it doesn't mean that you should stay married to them. Because sure. It's not, it's not him specifically that's the problem so much as the situation that's like surrounds them, right? Right. That he puts them, maybe he put, even maybe he puts them in and she feels can't be rectified. Right. right? Now, I do think that him having, if he thought of it as like a near uh, death experience, him having a near death experience hopefully could get him to put things in perspective and be like, okay, we've been fighting about these kind of like things that just don't matter. Or I've been stubborn about things that just don't matter, you know? And I've been spending all my time and energy doing things that don't matter. Right. Right. And that I shouldn't be prioritizing. So like I could see her reacting to him having kind of a new lease on life because of this experience. But for her to jump straight to, oh my God, he almost died. And I wouldn't want him to be dead. I I must love him enough to spend the rest of my life with him. I think that's, you know, a couple steps missed there. Yeah, I also, hmm, I don't want to be like a, a thing about it because, you know, any situation, the cars are very dangerous and deadly things. But, mm-hmm. man, they kept showing those pictures like it was a really bad re- accident. Yeah. And it was like not a really bad accident. <laughs> I've seen so many worse accidents. Right, right. But I think, um, yeah, from Kalani's perspective. But at the same time, it's like when sure. you're in it, I mean, anything is like scary, right? So a Asuelu, yeah. like, right, lease on life. Appropriate reaction. Kalani, mm-hmm. eh, maybe we're going a little extreme here. Yes, I definitely think it's extreme to be like, well, I'm 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 glad he didn't die. So maybe we didn't want a divorce. Maybe you should yeah. get a divorce. Like, <laughs> yeah. Mm, it's a pretty low bar. Right. Okay. Uh let's talk about Tiffany and Ronald. So if you recall from the last episode, Tiffany is talking to her dad, uh, Carlos, and Tiffany tells her dad that Ronald had a gambling problem in addition to a little bit of a record, including drug possession. Of course, it was his friends, and she only knew about all of this shortly after they got engaged. Carlos is most concerned about the criminal record, wondering if Ronald would fall back into old habits. It ends up that Ronald was never convicted of anything. She tries to manipulate her dad by saying that if Ronald doesn't get the visa, she will have to move over there and she doesn't want to do that. She begs him to sponsor Ronald and tells him she will take care of anything if something goes wrong. Carlos reluctantly agrees and says he will because he saw the relationship Ronald had with Daniel and Tiffany uh, cries. Carlos had a great family life growing up and he hopes to give this to Tiffany as an adult since he wasn't able to give that to her as a child. Carlos just warns that, you know, Ronald better not F up. Tiffany visits the immigration lawyer to get information on the visa interview with Ronald calling in virtually. Ronald is, you know, laying back, (laughs) vaping, taking this very casually, which frustrates Tiffany. The lawyer asks him if he's ever been arrested. And Ronald goes, yeah, plenty of times. Plenty of times, of course. (laughs) The lawyer tries to prep him by doing a mock interview and Ronald is rambling and saying stupid things, which does not instill confidence in either the lawyer or Tiffany. The lawyer thinks that Ronald needs to take it seriously and really just say less. 
He gives him about a 50% chance of passing the interview, which makes Tiffany 100% more nervous. Ronald, on the other hand, feels confident because it's in God's hands. And if he fails, then they'll just have to live in South Africa, which concerns Tiffany because he thinks that moving to South Africa is a valid backup plan. Okay, so she did have some concerns and questions in her mind, especially how this interview with the lawyer went. Do you think that Ronald is intentionally trying to throw this interview? Well, let me tell you what it's like in South Africa. (laughs) So you see. (laughs) So you see when you get pulled over by the cops, it's like, oh, my gosh. So, okay, this is actually an interesting question. So is the immigration lawyer. Uh, or, I mean, the immigration officer, their immigration from the U.S., right? But if they're doing right. their interview in South Africa... He's in the South African consulate. He knows yes. how it works, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's in the consulate in Johannesburg. Like, he will... It, yeah, it's... And so, yeah, it's crazy. But, like, so he wants to explain how it's... You're right, he goes through... Like all this stuff. I forget what your question was because I was lining up that joke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I asked, uh, do you think he is throwing this interview? Oh, I 100%. He's transparently throwing the interview. Like, I don't know. I think he really is just that bad. I don't think he is. I, there's no way. Like, we've seen him talking to Daniel and be like, hey, my boy, like, blah, blah, blah. He, this, he's, he's vaping. Like, if you've been arrested, he's like, plenty of times, yeah. Yeah, like, hasn't everyone? (laughs) Right, like, yeah, I think think he's transparently throwing the interview. Um, And he had no intention of ever trying to get this visa at all. Like, and that's what Tiffany calls it, you know, a a backup plan. It is not his backup plan. It is his primary plan for them to move to South Africa. Yeah. Um, And I mean, and this is part of the reason why Tiffany needs to be more transparent and honest with him. And I understand why she doesn't want to tell him is because she doesn't want to think of that as a possibility. She doesn't want to have these unnecessary arguments if he ends up getting the visa. Her her hope her hope is that he gets the visa and comes and she never has to say anything about it, that she was going right. to break it off if he didn't get here. Yeah, yep. but they're clearly not working towards the same goal. So in that case, I feel like she needs to light a fire under his ass and tell him that she's not set on it. Yeah. He needs to understand the stakes of this interview. Yeah. Because for him, the stakes are, eh. well, if I fuck it up, I get what I want. Yeah, I know, right? What is, is his incentive to do well in this interview? Well, yes. according like, to how he thinks things are going to play out, right? Right. I don't think he has any – as far as what's going on, the way the situation is in his head, there's no incentive at all to do well in this interview, which is why he was vaping and hanging on the – leaning back on the couch with his – Party lights. Disco light party <laughs> lights. Disco party. I just thought it was I, – I, I laughed so hard when he was like, like well, you, you have to ace this interview. He was like, it's in God's hands now. And she was like, <laughs> no, no, it's in yours. It's literally in your hands. <laughs> but like – but there's people – and that part is part of the one. It's like I, I know people who think like that, right, who are just like, well, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. It's like – no, like go to work, like just go to work. Yeah. And then you'll think, it's like, well, if I'm going to get fired, I'm going to get fired. It's like, not if you go to work and do your job. Right. I think there is some element of that only works when it's a situation that you have zero control over. Right. Because then right. what else 
do you really have to do but have faith in things that are outside of your capability, right? And, and, and Yes. And the thing is, is that the phrase is, and that's what was it, it the phrase is not it's in God's hands as much as it's in God's hands now. As mm. in after you turned in that application, yep, it's in God's exactly, hands now. Right? Like, yeah. I'm, I've done everything I could do. My part is over. Yeah, like, God isn't filling out that application and doing the interview for you. It's just not happening. Right, right. It's like, no, you had to do that part. Like, yeah. Sorry. Right. All right, let's go back. I want to go back because I was confused about the dad part. Mm -hmm. Because that's one of the ones I hate when they stretch the credibility of, um, you know, I, I, we know there's lots of stage things in the show, right? Yeah. But when a guy was on an episode of a show where they talked about this guy's gambling problem, uh -huh. that he's going to come back a year later and be like, oh, I didn't know he had a gambling problem. You never told me about this. Like, <laughs> The show. I know you watched the episode of the show you were on, man. <laughs> I don't know. Carlos doesn't kind of seem that kind of person to me, but yeah, maybe. I, I, I can't imagine any person who didn't wouldn't at least watch the episode they were in. Oh, I probably wouldn't. I hate the way I look like, uh, you know, in picture. Ooh, we have uh, one of those faces for radio kind <laughs> No, you don't. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable watching myself uh, on TV. So, but that would just be me personally, I guess, according to you, at least. You know, Car <laughs> Carlos, Carlos does not have a face for radio. No, he's a very <laughs> handsome person. Okay, but one thing that really bothered me, speaking of her meeting with Carlos, was how she was super manipulating her dad. Like, well, if he doesn't, you know, get a sponsor, then I'm going to have to move to South Africa. It's like you literally have just been saying how that is not going to happen. Yes. Yes, we knew you. Yeah, you told him that something was a possibility that you've been telling us is not right because so, she's just like right you know carlos you know he's been saying he wants them to be closer he wants daniel and tiffany to move in with him you know which and, is apparently which is apparently we'll, 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 i'm gonna get to it next apparently that's that's the trick to getting people to do something for you yeah is telling them oh i might have to move to another country i so, know right ridiculous let's just, so let's go into it that was the the, the the fireworks in Libby and Andre. God. So we start with Andre going to tell Chuck that he is all done working with Charlie. He does this kind of by manipulating Chuck, by telling him about how he needs he needs a job to have a green card approval. And if if I work with Charlie and don't ha ha end up getting end up quitting this job, you know, I might get deported. So Chuck is scared that Andre might get deported. And if he gets deported, he'll take Libby and Ellie with him. So, you know. Andre uses this to get uses this scenario to get what he wants, and it works. So now the deal is Andre is going to work in the office with Chuck to learn the ropes of the business. A to Z. They always keep saying A to Z. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, to discuss this and other things, Chuck wants to trap his family on a boat that he chartered. God. As they roll up, Chuck accidentally launches a champagne cork. But as they pull out of the dock, Chuck proposes what I guess is going to be the next storyline. Um, or at least what he wants to be the next storyline. Oh, their spinoff. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, they're going to take an RV to Maryland uh, for, for a family reunion. Yay, Maryland, though. <laughs> Charlie says he's not going to spend two days in an RV with someone that's taken advantage of his dad. And then the fireworks start. Everybody just starts kind of yelling at each other. Becky calls Andre a two-faced dick and a bunch of other motherfucker, uh, I guess. I don't know. Um, and then Libby gets physical. God. She comes after Becky and I don't know, they get split up pretty quick. But there were they were 
punches? Slaps thrown? Anyway. Drinks thrown. Drink. Well, we get there. Because then when Truck tries to calm Libby down, Becky sarcastically, like, over his shoulder, tells, is like, stop crying, Libby. Stop crying. Why don't you stop crying? Then, after more of a bit of back and forth, Becky ends up throwing her drink on, well, she aims for Libby, but she pretty much hits Chuck. (laughs) Then Chuck explains what the new situation is going to be, you know, with Andre working in the office. When they get back to the dock, Chuck says he's willing to get rid of the family business if it's going to tear the family apart. Okay, so... Well, funny he should say that because it's coming out in some tabloids recently that the business is not doing so well that they're getting sued and bankrupt. That doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Not even a little bit. Right. Um, So, yeah, so I'm just thinking who, I don't know, who came off worse? Who came off the worst in this whole situation? Oh, we're going to get there because she's my dunce this week. Spoiler oh, alert. Oh, okay. Yeah, but Spoiler. Libby, oh my gosh. Like I don't, uh, see, I disagree. Really? I think Becky was way worse than Libby. Hmm. Way worse. Um, Because, I mean, well, first of all, Charlie, surprisingly, even though he was a, he was still a big dick, to, was, was, was bad. Very I'm reserved. not saying Libby was good. I'm not saying Libby was good. Libby was bad. Libby was, it's hard to tell with this because, you know, in, in the, when we watch this, it only looks like a few minutes have passed. Uh-huh. But, People had clearly had a lot to drink yes. by the time it came down to this. Yes. Well, okay. So the reason why I say Libby is because she's the one who started all of the physical stuff. You know, sure. she went at Becky, uh, you know, trying to shove her. She went at Becky with the drink first, um, you know, and the reason why Becky was taunting her is because this is not the first time Libby has cried. And I think we've even talked about it, you know, like on our uh, show before. Um, she's cried before and Chuck almost immediately caves and gives her what she wants. And so I can see from Becky's perspective how it seems like, and I mean, she even said at some point, you know, Libby, you're such a brat. You've always been kind of the bratty little sister who always gets Mm -hmm. her way. She always cries when she doesn't get her way. So then she gets her way. In Libby's defense, I don't necessarily think it's always so manipulative so much as that she's just frustrated with the situation. She doesn't know how to react. But at the same time, uh-huh. I, I as, a, as Becky, I would be incredibly frustrated that it just seems like all she has to do to win is cry. And then Papa Chuck comes in, breaks it up and takes her side. Um, but the thing is, is I don't know. Part of it was because, at least in this instance, her side was more defensible mm-hmm. than Becky's side. Mm-hmm. Becky's side was, fuck that guy. Don't ever give him a goddamn thing. <laughs> End of story. I never liked him. He hasn't. He can't ever do anything to do right. He's stealing from me. Yeah, like, it seems a little and, extreme. And just basically, I'm entitled to everything my dad has. Fuck you. It, it was her argument. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And so, and, and the... The, I mean, the thing was, okay, hey, fine, you, you're, you're upset that your, your grown adult sister, as a grown adult, cries and gets her way with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I don't like that. The way to do that is not by taunting, are you going to cry, baby? Huh? Stop crying. <laughs> are, you, are you 12? Right. I, 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 I can't. Get, and it was just, just like, I don't know. I just, it, it, every, the way she said it and the way she said it so snotty, like, like I, if I was Chuck, and that was the thing. If I'm if 
she rubs me so hard the wrong way mm-hmm. as a dad, right? As a dad, like I'm like I'm trying to calm your sister down. She's crying. He 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 had already made his decision about what he was going to do here, right? Right. So it's not like because Libby Libby cried, Andre gets to work in the office. That decision was already made. We know that decision yes. was already made, right? Yeah. And so you know he's trying to calm down the sister, and you're going to come over your shoulder and taunt her and make her feel worse. I would have been like. <sighs> Like I, I would, I would have, I would have stopped trying to calm Libby down and started yelling at Becky. Uh, yeah, like that's how I would have done it. Like I, that's, I, I, I just can't stomach that kind of thing. Like especially if I'm working and you're trying to un, you're trying to, you're trying to undo what I'm doing here. Yeah. Like and Chuck, obviously Chuck handles it bad all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you know, because it, it, because I think you're right. I think at the end of the day. They do that because they know he is going to take someone's side. Yeah. And like, I don't know, that's a bad thing as a parent. You have to be like, listen, you're both wrong and you're both in trouble. And yeah. Neither of you are getting what you want. <laughs> so oh next time, goodness. don't do this crap. I know this family is so terrible and heaven help all of us if they get a spinoff because I just I, all of them are terrible. Yeah. 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 They're all bad. I mean, it, it really says something that the guy who w- asked for a hundred thousand dollar loan <laughs> is the one looking the best today. I want to co- I want a new job as vice president of the company is the one that looks the best. I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Right? All right. Uh, speaking of looking your best, let's talk about Angela. <laughs> She's going to the doctor in hopes of getting her rid of her wobble. So Dr. Sadat tells Angela she will have to postpone the surgery because of her smoking. Angela asks if she can have the surgery now and just give her word that she won't smoke afterwards. And he just flatly says no. And she has to stop smoking four weeks before the surgery. He warns of tissue necrosis if she is smoking. And he says that uh, he is no longer her doctor until he has full trust that she has not been smoking. She tells him that's rude, and Dr. Sadat calls her out for smoking after her last surgery, despite doctor's orders. He says that people feel entitled to do what they want since these are cosmetic procedures. Dr. Sadat says that he will nicotine test her, and she says he just has to trust her because she's not going to do the test. He also insists that she sign a contract a smoking waiver that obligates her to pay $1,500 for breaking it and smoking. Angela tries her best to get out of the contract, and she's disappointed that she's not getting her way. She says she'll have to think about it. Angela is sure Michael will be happy that the surgery is canceled, but only because he's uh, not realizing that the alternative is her looking old. Angela is in a cab with her nips out and feeling like she has to light one up as she says smoking is dumb. Angela calls Michael to pick a fight over his lack of checking in. She equates that to him not being supportive or caring. Back in Lagos, Michael is pounding yam and talking with his aunt and sister about Angela's recovery. They all wonder why Angela is spending money on herself instead of a child. His sister and aunt say that in Nigeria, men call the shots. And Michael admits that he stopped calling and gave her the silent treatment because he disagreed with what she was doing. Michael is having serious doubts about this marriage because he thought that it would be different and that they would be more of a unit and all they really do is fight. All right. So 
it was interesting to see Michael's, um, you know, take on this, that he really was giving her the silent yeah, treatment. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. I thought she was just, I thought she was just picking a fight. But yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but going back to the first thing with uh, Dr. Sadat, she's saying, like, you can trust me. Would you take Angela's word for it? No. I know. I, I, she's I, the worst. Anybody who says the words, like, who, who says the words in response to, I don't trust you, you can trust me. <laughs> It's like, <laughs> no, I can't. Like, it, it, it's very much, you know, it was, it was, it, it, you know, we kind of came as a, as a joke in, in the Trump era. But like anytime somebody says, believe me, after they say something, you're like, oh, that's a lie. They yeah. just lied. <laughs> oh, I've been there. Believe me. You're like, I don't think you have then. No. Yeah. I just, okay, I think what? she has the best intentions. I think that she would say, yes, I want to stop smoking. I will promise you. But when it comes down to it, I mean, and I think that's what happened, you know, with her first surgeries is sure. I think she had every intention of not smoking. But I, when it came down to absolutely. it, she smoked. So, yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. And she's, I mean, she says she's been trying to quit since she's 13. But I mean, I believe her and I, I want to feel feel sympathy for her because they're addictive, right? Cigarettes yeah. are addictive. Yeah. And, and, but the same person who says, I've been trying to quit since I was 13 and I just can't, is also the same person who says, I can't drink water. I'm like, yeah, you can drink water. Yeah. Like, I know you can drink water. Right. Like that thing, I, that part I've been through, I, I drink water. So like, don't tell me you can't, you can't do it. So that's, that's part of me where I was like, I feel like you might have a little bit less like maybe willpower than some other people. Yeah, yeah, it's. But but right, I mean, I, I, you know, Doctor Sadat is one hundred percent right in what he's doing, yes. and right not to trust her, and right right to make that contract because he's going to set aside his surgery, he's going to set aside his thing, he's going to you know block out his time, which he could be spending doing somebody else's surgery right. and getting actually paid for it, and then she's going to not be able to do the surgery. He's not going to he's not going to get paid. I know because she, she did the smoking thing. It's like because no, obviously she can't stop. Like, is there really a nicotine test? I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, I assume so. I mean, it's in your yeah. If it's in the contract, you know that makes sense. But I just thought it was kind of funny because it's like you thought he was you thought he was like bluffing. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) because it's like how would he really be able to know? And so she thinks that she can, you know. And this is why she's like lied to everyone so far about it. It's like she thinks she can get away with it. She lied to the. Uh, you know, consultant when she landed in L.A., like, oh, yeah, yeah no, I yeah. haven't been smoking. And it's just like, um, you know, it's like, how can someone really call you out on that? Taking a puff mid-sentence. I, I haven't been smoking. It's like, oh, my God. But yeah. like, I don't know. It's, 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 it's you know, it, it really bothers me when people who are lying get mad that you accuse yes. them of lying. Agreed. Oh, my God. Like, it's it's like. How dare you say I would lie and smoke a cigarette? It's like, because you just lied and said you didn't smoke a cigarette. Yeah. Like, why would I? Because he, the, the, he, she admitted to the doctor. She literally told him, he's like, you said you weren't going to smoke after your last surgeries. How did that go? She was like, I smoked. Right. It's like, and so, it, it, like, yeah. But it's definitely, that's one of my favorite expressions is that uh, uh, it's a Southern expression. No, a hit dog, a hit dog will holler. Oh, I was going to say, because I was going to say, what is it? Doth protest too much? 
Oh, that's from Hamlet. Yes, the lady doth protest too much. Yes, yeah. and but to like me you know, that... if you say something, if you say something, I hate when people lie to me, and one person is like, "I don't know you. How dare you?" And you're like, "Oh, okay." Yes, that's the person right. who's lying to me. Yes, that's <laughs> been my experience too. Like uh, the person who makes the biggest deal about something, it usually applies to them. Yes. So that's what a hit dog will holler. That, yeah. That's the hit. That's the, you. All right. So let's talk a little bit about Michael's unhappiness in this marriage. So this is kind of the first we're really hearing that, you know, it's not living up to his expectations, which to me, Angela has never tried to hide who she is. None of her behavior yeah. has surprised me at all. So for Michael to say, like, this isn't what I thought it would be. It's like, this is the only thing she's shown you. Yeah, I I, I think the, I, I don't know. I think spending a bunch of money on surgeries. Yeah, that's um, new. That one is kind of new. Yeah. Right? She, we've seen her do a lot of things, but the only time she spent a lot of money was she to pretty much to go to Nigeria. But okay, she did the Botox. Yeah, I but guess Botox she did, But, but that was that later much. on too. Yeah. Yeah, and that was because it, it it's the part where he's she's doing things against his uh, against his express wishes, yes. right? And also claiming that, but I'm doing it for you. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Which is ridiculous, right? And so I think those are the things it, it, that it goes. He's like, you know, if, if they're gonna have arguments, I want this, you want this. We push and we pull. She's usually very good about what she wants, right? But now she's not upfront about what she wants. She well, she says she wants it, but she says she wants it for him, and he's like, "But that doesn't make any sense." Especially because I'm and telling she, you, I don't want it. Right, right, and and because she, the way she's arguing about it is like, "This is ridiculous. You get so mad about me. I'm doing this for you. Like you can't be mad at me for this. You can't be upset about this. I'm doing it for you." Well, it's you know, like, I do think that Michael. And I, you know, this is a problem with a lot of people that, you know, enter these marriages and they struggle because they mm -hmm. think, oh, things will be different once we're married. Yeah. The, 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 all of the issues from a relationship stem from the fact that we're not married. Yeah. Which I don't think it did. Sometimes is the case. I know that a lot of people fight around about, well, people fight <laughs> Get about getting married. married. Sure. Yeah, when are we getting married? Why are we not engaged yet? Right. That was not their situation. So, I mean, her abrasiveness, her just, you know, wanting to do her own thing, you know, I don't... But it all comes from the same thing that's always been their biggest issue, and it's definitely her jealousy, mm -hmm. right? And her jealousy comes out, like, it doesn't... It comes, it comes out in her extreme the way she extremely controls him when she yelled at him about being on that boat with that other woman who was not in their group you know <laughs> yeah. you were in a boat with women right but that's and these surgeries sound like they're 100 about her jealousy yeah like he's gonna come here i'm not gonna be hot i'm not gonna be attractive enough and he's gonna find some other woman yeah right yeah and it's and and that's always been like their issues and there's i mean and i say the jealousy but it's also that's compounded by the distance, which sure. the marriage did not, which the marriage did not change how far away, how far apart they are. Yeah. Oh goodness, I don't know. It's I'm worried about them as a couple, but not that I really yeah, care. I, just don't, I mean, who can stay? Who can stay as a married couple with, on different continents? Yeah, like for real. Yeah, for real, and especially somebody who is as needy as Angela is in 
the romance world, right? She's like, I need you to be there all the time. I need you to be there. I need you to, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need. You know, it is really confusing to me when you have people who are like that, you know, that seem like they are really needy, but then they just, you know, you see it with Darcy all the time, but then claim to be like this independent woman who doesn't need no man. It's like, yes. Yeah, oh my but... God. She says that all the time. Yeah. Darcy says that all the time. And then just chases literally any man yeah. who puts it twice. But yeah. Angela too, even <laughs> she's like, well, I've, you know, been holding it down by myself. I don't need a man. It's like, okay, then why do you, why are you so upset about not getting Michael's support then? Yeah. 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 If she, if you've been like, you've been through what without his support and why she's like, I really need my husband's support. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I feel like you've been through a lot without the support of us. And if it was like, that was really hard and I want, need somebody else's support now. But yeah, but she always, I don't need anybody. I don't need anybody else. I've done it all. And then clearly you need somebody else. Yeah. Which is, but, I mean, it's not wrong or bad to need someone else, but just don't oh, act absolutely like, not. you know, that you don't. It just it's just right. very yeah. contradictory. It's hard to believe, you know, someone when they say both things. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that pretty much covers it. We still have not seen Tim or Melissa. Are they even on this season? Nope. Have we even confirmed that they're I, on this I, season? I've confirmed. I don't even know what I've confirmed. I saw that somewhere. So maybe maybe that'll just be our running joke. Tim and Melissa not in the season. <laughs> <laughs> no more. We'll mention them every week, and then they will never show yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe in the last one, we'll make up. We'll make up a story. For right. Them. Okay. So, who was your student of the week? Uh, my student of the week was. Um, I guess I'll say Julia. Okay. I, I think that was fine. I mean, I, you know, a lot of little neutral things. She seemed. I like that she was excited to get a card to work, <laughs> yeah. and also that she wasn't. That she wasn't like that she wasn't involved in the wedding. And she kind of did have that, you know, romantic view of that was our sentimental wedding. And that was the wedding that we had. And it was nice. And I liked it. Um, and, you know, just actually seeming legitimately excited about things, which is not the way we've seen her so far this season. Right. Like the way she squealed when she opened the thing. Yeah. And, um, and the way they both, both of them were kind of like, and, and maybe Brandon too. I mean, kind of a dual award. The way... You know, his parents were like, well, let's have a big wedding for you. And they were like, no, we don't want that. Like, and it wasn't because last year that was Brandon all the time, caving to everything his parents said. We're like, oh, okay, that's what you want. All right. They were like, no, we don't want that. So. Yeah, very true. All right. My student of the week is an ancillary character, Dr. Sadat, sure. for calling out Dr. Angela on like lying and smoking and, you know, putting right. like, actionable things in front of her to keep her accountable. Because the whole time I was like, Yes. Finally, someone is going to make her stick to what she said she's going to uh -huh. do. Right. And and actually, like, and not, yeah, listen to her belly aching yeah. and just be like, okay, well, because usually she can, she says, like, I can stand up, but she usually just belly aches her way out of everything. She right? does. Just be like, I'm tired of listening she to you. She always whatever. gets her way. And it is sometimes very frustrating. And so... It was very nice and oh, refreshing yeah. to see her. Oh no, not it's get frustrating away. as 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 you and I are two rule follower people. Yes, we are. We're very compliant. <laughs> and I waited, and I did what I was told, and I signed all the boxes in the right place. And this person came in and just screamed and cried and whined until they got what they wanted. Yeah, that's really they frustrating. They didn't fill out any of the box right boxes, but you gave it to them because you wanted them to shut up. Yeah, I was like, I don't. Yeah, she's definitely one of those. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, so I had mentioned before that my dunce was Libby. 
Um, just getting yes. in a fight with your family like this, ridiculous. Um, yeah, just ugh, gross behavior all around. Uh, so how about your yeah. notes? I don't, Ronald. Uh, <laughs> Ronald, his, trans, yep. his transparent attempt to, like, it, it was something, it was, like, so bad to me. So bad. It was, like, out of a bad rom-com. It was really like, bad. Like the, you know, in in like the the part in the bad rom com where the guy wants to get dumped, uh-huh. and so he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna be a slob, and I'm gonna put my feet on the dresser, and like <laughs> I'm gonna wear my shoes in the bed," and then like, eh. like it was it was that level, like that level transparent of an attempt to come off as a completely unlikable, impossible candidate for this visa. Yeah, definitely. All right, what about your life lesson? Um, so this is another thing that seems to work in like sitcoms. Movies sometimes, but you can't just lock people in a room <laughs> until so they funny. get along. That is so funny. <laughs> My life lesson is something very similar. <laughs> I think that's never happened to us before. So I said, if your family is so volatile, trapping them in confined places like a boat or an RV is an absolutely terrible idea. I just, but I feel like that was Chuck's theory was they're not getting along. So what I have to do is I have to get them somewhere where they can't get away from each other yeah. and they'll figure it out no, and they'll get along. It just makes it so and that's much not worse. what happens. Nope. Ever. People don't just well, figure it. I don't it. know. There's I mean, a reason. I've never fought like this with other people. So I just, I honestly no. don't even know. No, it's true. You know, like this whole idea and concept I, I, is foreign to me. Yeah, very much so. I mean, I don't – I mean, I fought with my brother when we were, like, kids. Like, kids, kids, kids. But, like, no. I can't I can't even imagine, like, if I'm on Libby's – I mean, I get – I understand if you feel like your 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 um, siblings are, are disrespecting your husband or, 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 you know, they are sitting together. But I wouldn't do that. And I don't other, understand – I don't know. I, I I really have a hard time get getting in Becky or Jen or Charlie's head of giving a shit. Like I I, I don't understand. Yeah, I it, mean, it doesn't make sense. I to me. fight with my sister as an as adults. We have fought, you know, and I it never gets to this point. I mean, you know, maybe a couple things are exchanged and then we just like need our space, right? And granted, mm-hmm. we are not confined on a boat or an RV or anything like that. But, like, if this fight were happening, like, we would – our first thought would not be to throw stuff at each other or try shove each other. It would right. more likely to be like, oh, my gosh, I can't even talk to you right now. And then it's like you kind of take a, a time out from one another. Right. Right. But to behave like them is ridiculous. <sighs> yeah. And I definitely feel like it was just my – I don't know. And that, that Maybe that's me because – maybe that that's my dad fight. Maybe that's my upbringing has been like – you know, anything, any, if, like if my, my parents are dealing with my siblings, it, it, my other siblings, it's very much been like, this is none of your business. Like, uh-huh. Back up. Sure. You don't get to know anything about this. It's, it's not your business. Why are you here? Right. And so definitely, you know, knowing what, keeping stuff out of your business. And that's to me what's, what the biggest issue is, is, is with their family has always been, um, you know, it has always been her siblings worrying about things that aren't their business. Sure. And there's so all. many of them. And that part is is yeah. definitely something that I can't relate to as much because it's just me and my sister, you know? So it's not like, right, right. you know, if there was, if you had four people and you know, because you have, you know, two siblings, but I mean, if there's I, more yeah, of you, siblings. it's a lot easier to try recruit someone else to be on your side, 
right? And I can see that being a completely different dynamic. And so Livy kind of feels like it's her three siblings against her and her husband at this point. So, right, you know, is, right. I mean, I don't relate yeah, to the scenario, know. but I, I mean, this, how you're dealing with it isn't doing anything yeah. either. Yeah. And maybe that, maybe it's just that I just, I just have a, I have a hard time even picturing in my head fighting like with my siblings like, at all. Like, I, what would I fight over? <laughs> I don't even know. Like I, money. I don't even know what we would fight about. I mean, that's usually what money. It, they have their money. I have my money. Right. What, what they have their money has nothing to do with me. Well, you know, just like, in general, what people fight about the most is money. And so, you know, even things like well, and a, part of it. Part of it is, is we are lucky enough that the three of us. Or all we never nobody's getting any money from mom and dad. Right. It's not like oh, mom gives you more money than she yes. gives me, and blah blah blah. You always ask dad for help, and that 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 doesn't happen with us. Right, so I could right. see, you know, so and that seems to be what the their biggest issue is. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm gonna say uh, siblings fighting over who's getting more inheritance, things like that. So you know, yeah. I, I well, think that's, those that's are common fights. Because as I think it usually comes up. It usually comes up when there's inheritance stuff. And yes. it was like, no, you already spent your share. They gave you this, this, and this. And you're like, oh, I should go with the Yeah. Yeah. So I know we're just going to – I don't want to think about it, but I don't think it's going to be too hard. Anyway, <laughs> brighter thoughts. Right. <laughs> look like we had some funner things next week. Yes, because uh, <laughs> Love After Lockup is starting this Friday? Next Friday. The 18th. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, perfect timing for us because it'll be right after right. AP reading. So, yeah. Okay. So yep. We'll be back next Monday with uh, next Sunday's episode then. That's right. Okay. We'll see everybody Sounds then. Sounds good. Okay. okay bye. Right. Bye.